Welcome in, everyone. My name is Blythe, and I'm the founder of GuysGirl.com, a sports and entertainment website focused on the female fan. I'm also a co-host here in Jacksonville on a radio show called Helmets and Heels, in which my co-host and I, we talk about the Jaguars, the biggest sports topics of the week, and pop culture stories of the week, kind of like the best of the best as far as local radio is concerned. But starting with this particular podcast, the one you're actually listening to right now, I'm trying out a new format going into football season where I'm going to be picking the best segments from our weekly show along with other topics I find of interest. So think Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, even some best of interviews, uh, Game of Thrones, all that good stuff. I'm going to be packaging them all together so you can have one digestible show for you with the best of the best sort of content that I find around the internet every single week. But first up for this show, we're going to be talking about the Jaguars' decision to suspend star cornerback Jalen Ramsey and defensive end Dante Fowler for a fight that broke out during practice. And then Jalen's subsequent defending of Dante to the local media, which has sort of caused somewhat of a war between players or player and the local media and sort of has started a uh, blocked by Jalen party on Twitter. He didn't block me, though, so my favorite player either respects my opinion or has no idea I exist. Both are absolutely cool in my book. As long as I can still follow my favorite player on social media, I'm good. But you won't see any of these two guys and Dante Fowler and Jalen Ramsey next week when they head off to Minnesota for joint practices and the second preseason game of the week. This is being billed as a potential Super Bowl matchup in the Vikings and the Jaguars. So I think that this punishment might go down a little bit more seriously than, say, you know, suspending them for the first preseason game or suspending them for a couple of practices. So anyways, that's the intro for this particular segment of the show. Later on in the show, we're going to have another interview with a Vikings blogger, Andy Carlson. So be sure to stick around for that. But first up, check out our debate on the suspensions of these star players and what we'll be looking forward to with the matchup against the Vikings when the Jaguars face off against them for week two during the NFL preseason game. It's a Tuesday evening at six o'clock. What are we doing here? What is this? Feels like we reached the big leagues. I think somebody, a.k.a. the Frangie Show, lobbied to get off at 6 o'clock and therefore enter Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Funders Helms, at its new time, 6 to 8 o'clock. And then, of course, following us, XL Primetime, reuniting Josie and Hacker. That will be tonight from 8 to 11. Jaguars played a preseason game last week. Jaguars had a lot going on on Sunday, a lot to get into. Everything to this point pretty much has been positive for this football team. It's been a great offseason. Yeah, there's been a little bit about Marcel Darius and some legal issues, but that's civil, civil lawsuits, so we don't have to worry about that as far as anything affecting him on the field right now. Head coach Doug Marone even said that earlier this month. When it comes to Dante Fowler Jr., okay, shoulder injury on the pup list and suspended for a game by the NFL for transgressions a year ago, but nothing else happened, and as Dante said himself, he hasn't <laughs> been to jail, therefore that's a sign of maturity. And they hated Jesus, too. Yeah, that we will not address because he deleted that tweet, so we don't even have to talk about it. It's like it it never happened. Exactly. Except for that it did, and it was so bad. Yeah. Uh, So then, Sunday, and so I went to practice on Saturday, another ho-hum kind of practice. I wanted to see Dante Fowler Jr. since I knew he was returning. He looked fine, maybe slightly out of shape, but that's to be expected. And then Sunday comes, and I decide, oh, practice wasn't that exciting yesterday. I'm not going today. And then as I'm following along with Twitter Sunday afternoon, obviously everybody knows the news by now. So I want to know what y'all thought first and foremost about the fight 
and then about the social media instance or incident that happened after Jalen Ramsey. Blythe, let's start with you because you've defended two of these or these two players. What did you think? I thought the fight was not really a big deal, and it, there were some rumors that came out later. You know that there were several fights going on, and not just what we saw on the, you know the video that was tweeted out. It's not just that fight, but there was also a fight later on where security had to be involved. That was sort of a rumor, so we don't really know if that's true or not yet. But. When I first saw it, the fight was no big deal. It was the whole what happened afterwards that I think is what is the, the, the bigger story here, at least in the right here and the right now. Just because you have a situation where you have a star player that is telling you to stop filming. You have a, you know, a Jags PR team that tells you to stop filming. And then you have a reporter who makes that decision to, to post a video. And then you have what happened. And, and, and Jalen goes after him on Twitter and, and sort of doubles down on, on what he said during practice. And... Now you have a sort of, it's almost like a war between the two of them. And even Jalen said it was a war. So I, But I thought the word war kind of diminishes the whole actual war that goes on between countries. Like war is a little strong. Maybe, maybe there's, there's another better word for it. You know, oh yeah, there's going to be backlash all season. Or you think you're going to be getting good quotes. Well, you're wrong. You know, we're going to make your job harder on you. That part I get. But a few days after staying in the locker room for, and then this whole anthem stuff, and then that obviously that conversation got squashed with all of this coming out and then using the word war, I, I didn't love that. Uh, the, the war phrase didn't bother me at all. Uh, I, I, I didn't even think about it until you just brought it up. He probably could have chose a different word to, to go about it, and that's probably the reason why he got suspended is a threat like that. Oh, this conversation has been... Has been, I don't know if talked to death. Yeah, it's been talked to death. But we have not been able to discuss this as a group, so we're going to discuss it for a little bit here on Helmets and Heels at our new time at 6 o'clock, which I'm a big fan of, yes, by the way. Yes, second that. Um, okay. I thought the, the whole incident was very interesting and maybe a little bit confusing. Fights happen at training camps all the time. And actually, on the kickoff show, we talked about that's a good reason to have joint practices. And I told you a lot of times that can help prevent right. fights between teammates because joint practices they they get to go up against somebody else sure so Fowler and Ngakwe get after it and again in my eyes not a big deal if there, even if there is history there still not a big deal and then when Jalen takes to Twitter about it and gets upset it calls more attention to it and and what we keep hearing is that he's defending his teammates and he's standing up for his teammates and all these things, which is great, which is what good, to, good teammates do for each other. But I've been in this market for two weeks now. I came from a market very similar in the sense that the only pro show in town, if you will, uh, was an NBA team, or still is in the NBA team with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, it's not the only pro show in the state, but, but you get where I'm going with this. The fan base loves and supports their team and and almost cherishes them and keeps them keeps that team bubble wrapped and you say bad things about our team and we're going to kind of come after you uh, the thunder were bad for a while the thunder were really really great for a while and were really close to winning an nba title and then everything kind of fell apart but in the meantime the pr um the pr personnel for the thunder keep very close tabs on everybody mm-hmm. all those players they limit interactions. They limit everything you do, and it makes media members' jobs really hard because you can't. They don't go. They don't do local anything. They don't do local any kind of media. So and there's only twelve of them, so they're so, a little easier to regulate. Right? No, that's true, and and they won't let them do anything. So it's also a very similar 
market in that nobody's overly critical of the funder. They will come out and say if things are um, need to be different or if there's something to be discussed or if they struggle. They're fair with that. But nobody comes out and bashes them. I mean, this isn't a New York-based you know, sports talk um, uh, show. Where it's like competition almost right. between media members. So now, we're, now I, I've moved to Jacksonville, which I love, by the way. And two weeks into it, I have not heard a single bad word about anybody on this team. All I've heard is high praise from everybody I follow on Twitter and the people on this station, the local sports guys on the television, that this could be a Super Bowl team, this could be it, this could be great. All these things that that have done, in my eyes, nothing but reassure somebody who's new to town that, oh, this team is actually legit. So I get really confused, again, from an outsider's perspective, when your star player, and let's be honest, he is the star player of this Jacksonville Jags team, comes out and wants to wage a war on a media that he feels like is treating his team unfairly because of a video that got released of a, of a fight that happened where videoing was allowed. Well, and, and I talked to Ted Dickman today, the Jaguars PR manager, and, and he knows that going forward, and they've had conversations that that period of practice, or because the practice was over, and obviously the team was going about their business to either do media interviews or finish up doing individualized drills, that will not be allowed to be videotaped in future seasons. Hmm. They will cut that off. Because it makes sense that you shouldn't be filming. Once practice is over, you shouldn't be filming anymore. There are only certain parts of practice that are allowed sure. to be filmed. And it was a anyway. close practice, correct? Yeah, all of the practices in the last But, two but weeks let me ask this. If Jalen doesn't come out in defense of his teammates, are we having this conversation today? Is it a big deal that those, those guys fought? I think the conversation moves. And Don, you whatever can they did. agree with me. I think the conversation would have been all about what is wrong with the relationship between Dante Fowler Jr. and Yannick Ngakwe, or Dante and maybe other teammates, but the Jalen part of this conversation never enters into sports talk radio shows or social media. What do you think? Yeah, it would have been all about Dante and his so-called maturity level, um, in my opinion. I have... Obviously, I think the phrasing of the of the word war, like you said, I mean, what, what are you going to do, Jalen? Like, you're just not going to talk to us? What are we going to do? We're just going to keep reporting on how phenomenal of a player you are. I mean, there's 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 got to be two sides to this fight here. Yeah, I think there's more to it than what just happened yesterday. Yeah, and I, I for one, oh, definitely, or Sunday, yeah, I never, I, I don't agree with what the reporter did. I wouldn't have filmed it. I wouldn't Same. have posted it at all. Same. So I don't. I don't slight. The the reporter asked the Jaguars, am I allowed to post this? And they said, we can't tell you not to. So whether or not they should have been filming, you can disagree. (laughs) But did they tell him not to to stop filming? That's like Coughlin. That's what Phil had said in in one of his his tweets. Yeah, Jalen started by saying not to to stop. He told him to stop filming. And he stopped. It. So my my thing, like from an outsider's perspective, like I, I give a lot of praise to Philip for owning it and owning the the decision to post it. But if the team's star player is telling you not to to stop filming, Jack's PR department tells you to stop filming, and you chose to still post that video, like you stopped immediately when Jalen told you to stop. If you didn't think you were doing anything wrong, why did you stop immediately when Jalen told you to stop? Well, you, he was saying cuss words, and so at that point, you're not going to be able to show the video. Oh, you can bleep really. that out. Um, well, at least immediately following the practice. Well, but he didn't. He wrote fight, an article and posted it with it, so that that tells me that he pre, he pre-planned this rightfully so. I mean, he got your job is to get clicks. 
Well, I don't, his job is not necessarily to get clicks. It's to inform people about what's going on with no, the team. But your job is, is and, working for a fledgling newspaper, which newspapers all over the country are, are fledgling. Your job is to get clicks in a digital world. And when you have time to write an article and to post it with the video, that tells me that you made this, you consciously made that decision to post the video with the article link, which is super smart. Probably the most trafficked article that he'll get all year. Well, and, and the video, I think he did post the video by itself. I saw that it had like 82,000 you know, views, and that was, I think, as of this morning. So I'm sure it's even more at this yeah. point. But, and I think you can go on both sides of that argument, whether to post or whether not to post. In the end, it is a giant distraction for a team that should be lining up for the two biggest practices they'll have this season, going up against the number one defense in the league, going up against Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, that's what we should be discussing. And it's unfortunate that that tempers flared both from Dante and from Jalen to get to this point because I think they are robbing themselves, Dante especially. Jalen has been there. He's missed some, of course, practices. But Dante really had only been, that was a second practice. I kind of feel like Dante was just... I think you just caught him on a bad day of work. Like he's a super anxious. Second day. I know, but it, it, if I'm trying to like put myself in Dante's position, like you're you're coming up on a contract year, you desperately want to be re-signed by the team that you've only known, and and you, this team has Super Bowl odds. And so if you're if you're in his mindset, if you're wanting to just show out and just do really well after you've missed some time because you've been on the pup list, I think that you go almost extra hard and too hard because all the rest of the guys have been pushed almost to their limits. Like you heard the, the interview with Hayes and and, and uh, yeah. So you heard that interview about how this camp has been so tough. And so maybe he's just trying to get out there and prove too much and they just caught him on a bad day of work. That That's what I kind of think from like a human approach. I think he's got a, an aggressive temper and that's yep. why it flared with not just one player but multiple players. And my issue with the whole thing is really boiled down to the fact that when you have to work that closely, Dante and Yannick, and and especially when you've looked over and the other person has been nothing but an example of working hard, professionalism, and excellent on the football mm-hmm. field too, then sure, the competitiveness should be there, but that should make you not just want to work harder, but also be a better person overall because you're trying to keep up with somebody who's known as a really good guy yeah, in the locker room. But it's also, the, we're talking about alpha males that are at the height of competition, and, and I just think that Dante was showing a little too much and showing out, and, and it, you're, you're, that's technically their competition. They're competing with each other. So I don't know that it's always going to be friendly between the two of them, because there's always going to be somebody trying to take your job. But I, I, I didn't see the fight as a big deal especially like moving forward. I, I think that Dante is a, is an asset to this team in a backup role, in a backup position, but I don't know that he's as much of an asset as to, to throw a bunch of money at him at the end of the season. He's shown nothing but immaturity, except for last season. Last season he got eight sacks in a backup role. Like that's that's a really great depth to have on this Jaguars team, and, and I, I hope that he has you know a similar performance this year, but he's got to, to, to reel it in, and, and the Jaguars can find a way to harness that and just unleash him on other teams, not his own team. I think that that's for the best interest of the franchise. Well, and I think we saw that with him against the Bills last year, definitely against the Patriots. All right, when we come back, what did you learn from the Jaguars' first preseason game against the Saints? I liked how uh, you phrased it, Donna, if anything. Well, I'm sure we learned at least a couple things. So we'll get to that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Fenders Homes on 1010XL. 
Oh, Welcome back into Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. My name is Blythe Burnley, and I'm joined alongside Donna Murphy and the two Laurens. Haven't really decided yet. I think we started Rue. last week. One's Rue. Lauren, one's Especially Rue. if you say it like that, Donna. Rue. <laughs> Rue. That's really, really <laughs> enticing. People Rue. really know what I have to say when you say Hey, weird thing. How do you get a missed call from yourself? Huh. I looked at you, and I said, did you just call me? Because I saw Lauren, and I'm like, why? I'm sitting did you butt you dial yourself? I don't know. What I thought you said to me is, what did you just call me? Oh. I was like, I didn't just, I was not even talking to you. I talked to Frank out. I'm talking else. right now. And then you said, yes, thing about the, sorry. Well, we will absolutely film our, our fight if, if, if there's a fight mm-hmm. that breaks out on the show, and it will be posted because we're live streaming right now, too. And we need the clicks. <laughs> exactly. We do need the yes. clicks. Uh, but there was a little bit of other news. There was actually a game that happened. Uh, last week, I know it's been a little bit overshadowed since the news of the the training camp fight and everything that's happened since then. But did you guys? Uh, I'm assuming all of you guys checked out the game. Did you check it out live? At, at I did. TIAA Bankfield three whole quarters. Good then job. made a seven mile walk back to Tailgaters because I got lost outside the stadium <laughs> and went the wrong way. Did you go by yourself? Yes, I went by myself. I couldn't get anybody to leave early with me. I was like, well, I'm going to go, and I got my workout in, which was good because I stuffed my face with press box food beforehand oh. and what was uh, the press box food it was uh, it was like a fajita mix and oh. then halftime was like nachos which i was like i'm kind of I'm, i don't need any more of this but uh yeah so i went the wrong direction pulling out of the, uh, going out of the stadium and I did a bit and I, I even had to like i couldn't see the place right so i pulled it up on my gps on my phone i'm like Walking directions. Okay, here we go. So I look like a tourist. <laughs> you should have called me. Well, it said, "Help me, Lauren. Where am I?" And how do I get back to the car? See? I know. You have to like set a map uh, pin location. Yeah, you said you're 36 help. years old. Figure it out. I would find an adult. I would have said, "What parking lot do you see?" Okay, then yeah. where's Daly's place in relation to you? Yeah. And then I would have guided you the right way. I know. Thank you. Well, in, time. W- in regards to the game, yes, what I was the standout portions of the game that 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 you ladies noticed? I'll go first. If you don't mind, I, uh, Cody Kessler was my player mm. to watch going into this game because I knew we wouldn't see a whole lot of Blake Bortles. And the the idea that the Jaguars are screwed if something happens to Blake Bortles as far as the quarterback position goes, it, up until this point, I think that's what a lot of people thought. And then in that game on uh, on Thursday, if people want to say Sunday, and it wasn't Sunday, and it wasn't Saturday, <laughs> on Thursday night... Uh, we saw that they maybe aren't completely screwed if Cody Kessler gets the opportunity to play. Now, we hope that's not the case unless it's in mop-up time or something like that. Uh, but he looked confident out there. He looked poised. He didn't throw a whole lot of um, uh, bad passes. I mean, everything looked very precise. He didn't get tackled for, like, a loss of 25 yards, didn't run the wrong. I mean, th- this is, was the opportunity for him to look terrible and make people think, oh, yeah, we really are screwed if – uh, if Blake goes down, but I was really impressed. Now, look, it's one snapshot of, of a preseason game. It's the first one of the year. We'll keep an eye on him. But that's something else I'd also like to see if his success continues uh, this Saturday up in Minnesota. Donna, what did you think? Eh. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to get after? I mean, I don't know if it was more telling of a competent offense for the first drive or a lack of defense on the Saints. So it's, it, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to read. I do think it's good, though, that he's pushing Blake. 
Because yeah. Chad Haney has never really pushed Blake performance wise. I don't think Kessler's pushing Blake. I don't think he is either. No, I don't think he's a starting job. No, not no. Even. Well, no, he not not competing for the starting job, but he, there is, it, as psyche wise, it does push you to the the level of there is somebody there that could take my job potentially. If something were to happen where I, if I'm hurt for a few games, this Cody Kessler has proven throughout training camp, the scrimmage, and even the first preseason game that he's a capable backup. In practices until last week, he's looked terrible. So that's why I think everyone was really intrigued in the preseason yes. game because it's like that's why the the fan base. If you went really, out, really, all I've heard is that he's terrible. looked really, really good. Oh no, the first mm-hmm. few practices, Tanner Lee, who is not hundred percent really accurate, good. I've heard he, the Rose complete opposite that, he, that Tanner Lee has looked like trash, and oh, like, it's no. Cody he Kessler looked, that's looked really good. Kessler looked great, like I said, preseason or like y'all said, but in practices leading up to last week, Kessler looked terrible. Like I, hmm. he's he's short; he's only six feet tall, which that doesn't matter if you're accurate, but. It, he had he had a lot of missed throws, a lot of interceptions, and standing out there, a lot of us watching were like, "Oh my See, goodness!" That's the one thing I did take away from that was the. <laughs> There's no overreaction with this offense or defense, but everybody is on the draft pick we just played in a first preseason game. Can you, like, I feel bad at how many people are hounding Tanner Lee. Let him be. He is brand new. It is his first game. No, he's got to be an all-pro. Get off his butt. He's not going to be your starter. <laughs> no, Relax. But last year, the fan base was wowed when the third string team was in. And it was Brandon Allen, and a lot of times he had wide receiver D.D. Westbrook that he was throwing to, you know, a rookie. And everybody was super impressed with Brandon Allen, and to the point where there's a sliver of the fan base going, start Brandon Allen over Chad right. and Blake Bortles. Right. So I think that they're comparing Tanner Lee to not just Kessler and Bortles, but also to quarterback. I mean, it's just hatred that doesn't have to be put out there. Stop. He's not going to be your starter. Relax. Get off his back. Why are you? It's like Jags fans have to find something to be pissed at. That's, That's what it fans. is. Like, you sports know what? In general. Everything else is great. I'm going to be mad at you, Tanner Lee. You're a rookie and you <laughs> suck. That's what it seems like they're saying. Yeah, Just I'm, get off his I'm back. Like Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I did feel bad Ouch. for Tanner Lee because I know I need to breathe. Wondering why the Jaguars even drafted him, and it's like, hold on. Oh, they, like, it's not like they drafted him in the yeah. top I mean, he was five rounds. No, but I think uh, okay. the other thing that stood out for me, wide receivers. We thought that this team maybe doesn't have that number one wide receiver. I don't really think it matters. I think the chemistry between Bortles and the group of guys that he's got, and you get to see it, not just Bortles, but with Kessler, too. But Thursday night, I thought the receivers looked great. Punt returners? You might yeah, be a little special concerned. teams is a little hard, uh, but well, not all the special teams because I think Josh Lambeau is. Oh yeah, he's a given, and I think the rookie Logan Cook, the punter. Me too. Great. I'm all in on Logan Cook. Yeah. Don't let me down, Logan. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you know, the Jaguars haven't had a great. I hope they don't punt all season, but if they do, there was a game that the Jaguars played against the Patriots. I don't remember what year. The Patriots never punted. There was mm. not a punt. There's a high school coach. You probably remember that. Doc. There's a high school coach. No, <laughs> <laughs> no she says no. Old, old hat for her. There's a high school coach in South Arkansas, may even be in Little Rock, who does not punt. Yes, like I've seen ever, that story. Ever, ever, he does not punt. So, it's like mathematically, it's uh-huh. in his favor yes, that he does right. not punt. And I wish I could remember his name, and I'm sure we can look it up at the break. But uh, it was yeah, like a punt. ESPN 30 for 30 or mm. some kind of special like that, or things sports science. Uh, yeah, but it was really right. fascinating. Yeah. Look. Uh, well, that criticism of Tanner Lee sort of brings us into our next topic, and, and that is 
sort of the modern day media and the pl- the relationship that players have or lack thereof with local media and how is what are sort of the modern day rules between you know bloggers and broadcasters and even you know team reporters versus you know beat reporters where do the rules sort of lie are they all should they all follow the same rules or are there special set of rules for each genre well, they should follow the Coughlin rule first, and that involves not filming practice and doing <laughs> what you're supposed to do at practice. I mean, is that really a Coughlin rule? I don't. Everything's no. a Coughlin rule, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. He is the Godfather. I went to practices before, when it was the Gus Bradley regime, and Coughlin obviously wasn't here yet. And yeah, there's always going to be portions of practice that you you're not allowed to film. film. Yeah, no, just I because it's, it's strategy. I think that's. Like that. no, I would think that's the only. But, well, don't take cheap shots at family. I'll tell you, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question because it's so relevant right now because not only is it happening here in Jacksonville, it's happening kind of lots of places. Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown gets pissed because uh, a a longtime reporter comes out and says that Antonio Brown limped off the field and Antonio took offense to that and said, I basically I wasn't hurt. You're not don't be telling people things that aren't true, that kind of thing. The New York Jets head coach got mad at Terrell Pryor for coming out in a news conference, a press conference, like an after-practice press conference, saying, yeah, you know, I broke my ankle back in May. And he's going, don't tell people that. You leave the, you leave, he said, quote, shut your mouth, like, keep your mouth shut and leave the injury updates to me. So I think we all have a responsibility as members of the media, whether you are a blogger, whether you are a true journalist. I have a journalism degree. I don't consider myself a journalist. I consider myself a sports talk radio host, which in my case is not I am not a journalist. I will. I mean, that's not something I claim. Um, I think that we all have a responsibility, though, to get whatever it is we're tweeting about, talking about, get, in, in the words of uh, Mike Gundy during his rant back from 10, almost 11 years ago at this point, you got to get the facts straight, mm-hmm. right? To be first is not always to be right. Yes. And that's what, with Twitter, that's this race, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tweet this. I'm going to be the first one to do it. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And if you get that information wrong and then you cause havoc in someone's life because it's something detrimental to their personal um, pers- you know, personal life in general, then, then you've kind of created this mess. And then you lose trust between yes. players and teams and, and journalists. But and, and I don't want to go back down this rabbit hole of whether or not he should have filmed it or not. But in my opinion, if he was given the green light and they didn't walk around and say, okay, everybody put your cameras down, everybody. Because I was there. Again, I'm, I'm a, the newbie here on the block. I was there for training camp. And they, and um, Alex looked at and Tad said, hey, cameras down, put their cameras down. If cameras are up I, and nobody's told you to put it down, I think you have the right rather to, um, to go ahead and film everybody. Now, I'm not saying follow somebody to their car, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying uh, you sneak up on them and, and while they're on the phone with their wives or their girlfriends or whatever, you catch that because that's not right at all. But... If, if you're still in the practice facility, you're on the, the, the field with them where things are going on, I think you absolutely have the right to be able to uh, to film that. And if your employer is okay with it, and if the Jags didn't say, no, 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 don't send that out because we don't want you to do that, then I, I don't think we go after the guy with the pitchfork. I think you have to be really careful about injuries because just what you think you saw does not necessarily translate right. to what actually right. happened. And if There's he had less- said, oh, it looked like Antonio Brown twisted his ankle or twisted his knee, wonder. If, if you're limping off, I mean, I, I just, God, people just, to me, overreact to But things. even, like, Jalen Ramsey got mad uh, at Mike DiRocco, yes. the ESPN beat reporter. DiRocco's reporting what he thinks he sees. It's very difficult to translate when you're on the field to translate what's going on in front of you with no replay 
and anything like that. So Duraco tweets out what he thought he saw in a play. Jalen comes back and says, you know, negative stuff, the business fake, blah, blah, blah. But didn't Duraco, like, last year, because we kind of got into it on the kickoff show, that Duraco asked him about an injury, and Jalen didn't want to talk about or he didn't want to talk to him about it. D-Rock asked, are you going to play? Jalen said, nah. So sarcastically, D-Rock, after Duraco was trying to get an interview and he said, no, I don't want to do an interview right now, and then that's when he asked he said, him, and, and Jalen sarcastically said, yeah. came back with that answer. Which, if you're a reporter, it, it can be hard to define sarcasm. Uh, I could. So um, Jalen should have said, I'm not making a comment and walked away if that's what yeah. he wanted. So Jalen freaking out or, or getting upset about a reporter saying what Jalen said, that cannot be used against the reporter. I kind of think in that situation it does because you I, I heard that quote and I didn't I didn't even hear it. I read it and I thought there's no way that Jalen is missing this game. He's absolutely playing. And so to me that was a responsibility on Duraco's part that he's is sort of embellishing an injury that wasn't really there and it caused a freak out online because people are thinking that the star player isn't going to be playing. And I think that that situation is just one of the few that Jalen has experienced here locally that causes him to have some reservations about talking to the local media. And I think he's a diva who overreacts about certain situations. When he first got here, he got upset at Ryan O'Halloran at the Times Union because Ryan said, how's your knee? And Jalen flipped a lid and was like, you shouldn't be asking about my knee. My knee's perfectly fine. He had just had surgery. Of course a reporter, a beat reporter, is going to ask about the knee. D-Rock tweeted out, he said to me, no, he's not playing. Okay, moving on. He, he tweeted out information from practice. Jalen got upset. There's a way to handle it. I'm fine with Jalen saying, hey, you got this wrong. This is what happened. Or this is what went on in practice. I just think Jalen's kind of gotten to the point he's, you know, he's only in his third year. I just think he needs to step it down a notch and be respectful like teammates like Calais Campbell, who already has more success than him. Or Who's like, been in the league for like 10 years, too. Sure, but look up to those guys. Learn how to respond. And, and then when you... Jalen's a smart guy, right? When you go to social media... Be more respectful than that, especially when you know who your bosses are, which are Doug Marone and Tom. Well, I do. I I think that players like Calais Campbell and and some of the vets on the team they're used to a traditional media world. Jalen has his whole professional career has been in the social media era, and in this day and age, you don't need the local media. I know it's in the NFL contracts, you know that you have to talk to local media, but the new when news is breaking, it breaks to the national reporters. It very rarely ever. Breaks breaks locally and that is across the board across the nation for all sports and I think with with Jalen he realizes look if you're not going to if this isn't going to be a good relationship if we're not going to build trust with each other that we're going to report on you know accurate things and, and accurate is is obviously you know questionable on both sides I, I think that he he thinks in his head that look I don't need to talk to you guys it's you need me I don't need you and I kind of agree with them. And I couldn't disagree more, but we're up against the break. So when we come back, we're going to get into some golf. That's right, golf. Tiger is back in the mix. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Fighters Homes on 1010XL. Hope you guys enjoyed that best of segment from our weekly radio show here in Jack's called Helmets and Heels. We live stream each show. So if you want to hear the rest of that show, we sort of get into a little bit of a discussion on Tiger Woods, um, other topics of the week. It's a two hour show, but just go to YouTube, search for Guys Girl Media, and you'll be able to catch the full two hour episode with loads of good discussions. But before you go off and, and, and X out of this podcast and, and, and do other things, we have an interview up first with Andy Carlson. He's the host and writer for a site called Purple for the Win, which is dedicated to covering the Vikings. 
So to preview the upcoming matchup, Andy had me on his show to talk about the game and sort of the nuances of the Jaguars fan base. It was a, really, it was a lot of fun, and Andy puts out some incredible work. I, we sort of bill each other as, as, as the equivalent for each other's fan bases. So we're both out here hustling. We're both independent bloggers and, and media, cre- or media creators, I guess I, I should say. So he really puts out a ton of great work, and, and you should definitely check it out. He, you follow him on, on Twitter, Andy Carlson Show, and also Purple FTW. He's also on YouTube, and you can see the video portion of this same interview that we're about to play just by searching for Purple on the Win on YouTube. So check it out. Coming on into Purple for the Win. Uh, second, third spot, it uh, doesn't matter. Uh, Blythe Brumleave, uh, 10-10 XL, Jacksonville. Jaguars apologist. Uh, Blythe, how, how the heck are we today? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, all things considered, we had a little, a, a little bit of a, a dust up over the weekend, according to the Jaguars. But um, I'm doing actually fantastic. Oh, well, th- that's really all that matters. <laughs> How are you doing up in, in in Minnesota? Is it? Is it? I would imagine it's August, so it's not getting cold quite yet up there. No, see. Yeah, I, I always rag on on Florida teams mainly because your your uh, your Twitter fan bases are so easily triggered. It's kind of funny, but oh, Jesus, are they? Yeah. In in terms of weather, like always hot, always sunny, always humid. Like we got that going on for us right now. But I just just a little bit is good enough for me. I, I'm a big fan of like crisp fall weather. Hell, even winter. Oh God. I, I don't know how you can be. I mean, just the, it's like another level for me personally when I think of like up north cold. Because mm-hmm. like anything under seventy degrees, I'm freaking out. Well, that, that's just because you're soft, like your football team. That, that's why they lost in New England. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to shit talking yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, uh, give by the follow on Twitter, by the way, at uh, Bly the Brum. Uh, you know, we. I always respect uh, fellow hustlers, and like you're sort of my counterpart with the Jaguars. So. And also, we're you know both commiserating because our, our teams lost in terrible fashion in the AFC title oh, game. Jesus. But uh, too soon. Yeah, the the ride last year uh, as a fan, as, as a media commentator, like, like what was it like in Duval? Uh, well, honestly, I, I sort of have coined this term called Brandon Albert August, where this time last year, this there the Jaguars had traded for Brandon Albert and he decided to, I guess he decided that camp was a little bit too tough for him. So he decided to retire. And then when he found out that he wasn't going to get any of his money, he tried to come back to the team and they decided, no, thanks. We're not going to, you're just a distraction to the team. Mm. And then we had our starting quarterback, Blake Bortles, who was announced as not the starter for the third preseason game. It was actually going to be backup quarterback, Chad Henney. And so at that it, Around this time of the year, you just thought it was going to be another shit show. It was just going to mm-hmm. be another one of those years where it's it's going to be an embarrassment to the league. Or you're you're, you're and as far as like me and my family, we're still season ticket holders. We had been you know more than a decade. We've been going to Jaguar games and uh, submitting ourselves to to this sort of misery. And we were even debating on whether or not if we were going to renew our season tickets or not. We decided to reluctantly renew only because my dad was like, "Well, I'm going to go regardless, even yep. if you if you guys don't go." So. We, me and my brother, when I say we, we, we were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll give it one more time and then we'll see where things go. And, and lo and behold, it was last season was one of the most magical things that I've really ever been a part of as, as far as being a fan. I mean, we started off the, the first game of the season with getting double digit sacks against a division rival and when playing the Texans. And so it was 
it was one of those like is 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 going to be a fluky win is it going to be one of those you know like a gong show season where we dominate one game and then lose the next week and when we come out of the gates and we're beating Seattle and we're beating the Steelers and, and not just beating them, but beating them soundly. And it's it sort of just awoke this, mm. I, I, I guess this I, I, magic is really all I can sort of think about it. It awoke a fan base and a team that has been sleeping for a long time dealing with mediocre football. It is sort of like we got our swagger back. Yeah, and ha- having that defense, it's going to be a big part of that. And it's really unfortunate. You know, you guys are coming up here for a couple of joint practices. Uh, it's going to be fun watching those and then, of course, a preseason game. But, I mean, I-, I was so excited to just watch Jalen Ramsey poop talk everyone, <laughs> including Diggs. But now, I mean, come- yeah, his punishment is that he has to stay home and-, and not practice in the heat and not play in a preseason game. Yeah, huge punishment. <laughs> You know, I I do think that it kind of is a punishment for Jalen because Jalen loves football so much and he loves being around the team that much. And I do think it is going to I I think this was, you know, the joint practices and the preseason game. He was looking forward to those matchups. And, and, And it is unfortunate that he did get suspended for the week. But I do tend to side with the team here on on this one that. I do believe in sticking up for your teammates. And, and I'm not sure if, you know, a lot of fans are aware, but this sort of happened, you know, sort of mm-hmm. all came to a head yesterday. And there's been sort of some behind the scenes that have been that have been rumored to have been going on a little bit in the locker room, specifically with players like Dante Fowler. And and Jalen was sort of sticking up for, for Dante Fowler to a member of the media. And I think where he went too far is he took that uh, confrontation to Twitter instead of just keeping it, you know, <laughs> just just yelling at him for filming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Like, uh, you know, media's just doing their job, and it's like, oh, hey, we got this on film. We're going to publish this because it's happened. And yeah, I, I think Ramsey's actually in the wrong here. Um, so he probably deserved a little punishment, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be that big of a deal because obviously it's a preseason game. There's less risk of getting hurt. And and then for him, though, I think the biggest punishment is not being around the team, not being able to practice and not being able to go up against what a lot of a, a lot of people have predicted as a potential Super Bowl matchup with Jags versus Vikings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll meet you in Atlanta. <laughs> and we won't have any Chick-fil-A. It'll be good. <laughs> now, t- tell me if I'm wrong here. Um for, well, for the Vikings fans, it was supposed to be a storybook season. You got Case Keenum playing way over his skis, Super Bowls in Minneapolis. And, like, this was supposed to be our year. And then, you know, getting shellacked in Philly, just not, not great. Super disappointment. But uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like with the Jaguars, you know, like you said, the season just sort of came out of nowhere. You know, beating the Steelers and, um, you know, going to New England, that was a little bit of house money. A little bit of, uh, you know, just free roll. Let it ride. It was to a certain extent until you're – we had obviously both of these both of these games. The Jaguars didn't have home field advantage. So mm. specifically with the Steelers, like we went in with the utmost confidence. We usually have watch parties at, at my brother's house. And before the Steelers game, everybody's having fun. We're playing flip cup. And we got great food going on. And it's a good vibe. It's a, it's a fun vibe. Like we got this game. It's, it's no problem. But then right before the AFC Championship game, it's kind of like, oh, crap we're really here and we're going against the Goliath of the league and in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And it was a lot of uh, deep size before the game. But with that said, it was so, it, it was such a nerve wracking game, but then towards the end of the game, when it's 
10 minutes left and you have, you know, a, a, a double digit lead against the Patriots, it's almost like you're, 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 you're biting your nails, you're pulling your hair out, you're, you don't want to watch, you've got your hands over your eyes, you're peeping out just a little tiny hole, just, it's, it's completely nerve wracking and, and a lot of fans feel like that we actually should have won that game, myself included. There's the whole running joke now, or not really running joke, but sort of a mantra among the Jaguars fan base, you know, the Miles Jack wasn't down mm. when in reality it was, you know, a, a ref blew a, a whistle way too early and with 10 minutes left in the game and, and it, if Miles Jack, if that whistle isn't blown early and Miles Jack is allowed to score off that fumble recovery, it's a 27 to 10 game. And that's a situation where you're talking about completely different situational football and, and, and different play calling and probably a different outcome if that call had have went or, or would have went the Jags way. Well, Instead, it, it's a heart-wrenching loss. And, and, and you're just wondering, you're sitting back thinking, is that going to be our only chance? Well, is uh, is that Miles Jack play sort of like the Steve Bartman Cubs play, where it's like, yeah, that that would have swung things a, a lot, but also he had a lot of game left, and like well, well, with the Cubs, they had like a game seven as well. It's like, well, there's a lot of other things that went wrong as well, but you just go back to that point and it just sticks in your craw. It, it definitely sticks in your head, but I would more uh, equate it to, I guess, you know, the the, the Dez caught it is mm. in, in the NFC Championship a few years back. That that I think that that more connects with this game rather than like a Steve Bartman, because like you said, there was a lot of game left still to play for in in, in MLB's sake, but for that specific game, that specific play, I mean, you're talking about a 27-10 lead, and it's really really tough to come back from that, even for Tom Brady. And and if that's the score with 10 minutes left, I I I happen to believe that the Jaguars would have won that game. I do think though, if we would have went to the Super Bowl, Philly would have smoked us, but we would have been there. That would have been the first Super Bowl in franchise history. So it's it's just um it's one of those things that you wonder what if, but I don't want it to also, as far as like a fan base, I don't want it to be that thing that we're like Cowboys fans and we harp on that for years and years. This team is very young and it has, you know, with the exception of the fight yesterday, it has a lot of great chemistry and these guys treat each other like a family. And and this is something that we hope to build upon in the future, especially with Tom Coughlin back in the organization and, and with his leadership and with sort of his guidance for a franchise that is still very young, um, both front office and experience and, and coaching staff and, and even players on the field wise. I like that Tom Coughlin was old when he had his first run with the Jaguars. <laughs> now he's um, there, there's actually a, a shirt that's out. Right now, from from uh, DTWDOriginals.com, and it puts uh, it paints Tom Coughlin as the Godfather, and, and it couldn't be more true because the the I guess the sentiment and and the swagger and the respect level around the team really changed when he came to the squad or, or when he came back to the squad because then it, you have this guy that is you know he knows what the fan base is like he knows what this unique market is like he's gone to a bigger market and he's won there and now he's back to sort of you know right the ship as far as the Jaguars are concerned uh if the Jaguars had pulled it off against New England would you and your family have made it to the snowy white north <laughs> I just sounded very Minnesotan right there <laughs> um you know probably not 
only because I just feel like the, the, the Super Bowl just in general is, is, you know, more of a corporate thing rather than a fan thing. And for me, I would I, I know that the majority of our we, we have a what I like to call a football family that, you know, people that we you know tailgate with and that we have season tickets with and that we watch all the away games together. And a couple of our football family went up to the AFC championship game and left us and did not watch the AFC championship game with us. And so we sort of feel like that they jinxed us and that, you know, we didn't keep the family together. So they're, yep. they're along with the, you know, the early whistle miles, Jack, they're also, these couple fans are also to blame as well. Um, but I think if, if, if the situation was, you know, like for instance, Super Bowls in Atlanta this year, I think it's in new Orleans in a couple of years. If, if that's a case for the Jaguars, I do think that the family does make that trip. Minnesota though, there there's, I don't know about this Florida girl going up to that cold weather because I would just be bitching nonstop. <laughs> well, it's a what's the what's the cliche? Oh, it's a dry cold. <laughs> it's just cold. That's all I know. Anything under seventy degrees, and if I see snow, I'll. I, it's beautiful, but I'll freak out if I have to drive in it. Uh, how come you guys punted on Allen Robinson? You know, I, I didn't mind punting on Allen Robinson. I, I, I sort of, um, I, I it, it was a special thing that happened with this team last year and that you you saw a case with Blake Bortles and that, you know, I, I, I said that he wasn't going to play the entire year. I, I thought that they would have benched him before the season was over with. These were like our early season predictions. Um, and, and you thought that you were going to see the backup quarterback come in because Blake was on his, it, it potentially getting his uh, fifth year option picked up. If he would have gotten hurt at some point in the year, then you're on the hook for a lot of money. And it would have prevented us from going after a guy like Kirk Cousins, which obviously you guys have now. Um, so I yeah. was it, it was it was one of those situations where you, you you had no expectations and all of a sudden you had all of the expectations in the world. And, and now we're, we're, we're sort of at a case where they have built so much chemistry together and you saw it throughout the entire season that it almost became palpable because you had the wide receivers that were here that, you know, weren't avoiding the team uh, building that chemistry with Blake. And you saw him building the confidence week after week. And then the defense starts taking up for him. And then you have, you know, guys like Malik Jackson that, that are, you know, yelling about supporting the, you know, Blake Bortles and he's our guy and he's our quarterback. And that was just, it was so great to see. And Alan Robinson was never a part of that. He was never a big supporter of Blake. He, he wanted a lot of money for coming off of an ACL injury and wide receivers historically are not the same type of player for after coming back from an ACL. And he's also said some things about this market, this fan base. He, he, he said some comments about how the fans are better in London than they are in Jacksonville. And that's just bullshit. And so for me, it was, he was, one of the Allens that I didn't want to go or, or that I did want to go. Mm -hmm. Alan Hearns was the one that I wanted. He obviously went, he went over to uh, Dallas and he's their number one wide receiver. Now, Alan mm -hmm. Hearns is the one that I wanted the Jaguars to keep, but I understand them not paying him a ton of money when he has injury concerns, but Alan Robinson, it was more or less just go about your business. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, who's uh, a couple of players that you've liked a training camp that Vikings fans should be interested in uh, when they're practicing up here a couple of days? I think Leon Jacobs is, is one of the linebackers that you should definitely keep an eye out on. He is playing the mic position. And that is when Paul Pozzesny, he, he was the, you know, 
he's like a football guy's football guy. And he mm-hmm. retired at the end of last season. And, and Miles Jack is now taking over for him. So when uh, Leon Jacobs has stepped into sort of that filler role, you, you weren't exactly sure of how he was going to be able to measure up, especially being so young and, and with this linebacking core being so quick and so fast, you weren't sure how he was going to measure up. But throughout all of camp, he has really been a star. Um, so I would make an argument for him. Also, wide receiver Didi Westbrook has really been uh, a, a guy that he's, you know, he's coming into his second year. He's making a lot of plays in training camp. He's making a lot of plays during pre season he saw a lot of action last week against the saints and i think that that could be one of the the, the wide receivers that solidifies his role it, it, with this jaguars team we don't really have a solid number one wide receiver and i think that that's actually for the betterment of the team because then you don't have you know a, a number one wide receiver like per se if we did have Allen robinson he'd be double teamed every game um but in our case you know we have a moncrief and we have uh dd westbrook and you know rashad jennings and 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 all of these other players that any one of them could be a target at any given time and so i like the fact that they're all battling it out with each other how dare you insult rashad green like that <laughs> Oh, Jason, yeah. Rashad Green, yeah. my bad. I was going to say, like... Rashad Jennings is the former running back. I was listening to um, I was listening to him on uh, Jaguars Today earlier, which is a show here locally in town. No, I was looking at the roster. I was like, <laughs> when did they bring back Jennings? Like, he's too old. <laughs> he, he's also, like, an author now, like a motivational yeah. speaker. So I think that that's, that's where my mind was at. And now, <laughs> when talking about the best defense in the league, like uh, Vikings are going to be mentioned, Jaguars are going to be mentioned, um, try and take, like, fan bias aside. If you had one game and you had to pick one defense, who we got? I'm picking the Jaguars. Of course I'm picking the Jaguars. <laughs> we have a solidified – we have a – you know, we, we traded last season and um, – we solidified the run game or the, the the run attack or the run prevention, I guess I should say. And then with Jalen Ramsey, he really is. I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate how much of an athlete he really is. Like this guy could have been an Olympian as far as like track and field is concerned. Like this is, he is the, the, the top echelon. If he is not one of, considered one of the best defensive players in the league. I think it's just a matter of maybe two years tops where he is considered the best defensive player in the league. And, and he brings a certain attitude to this defense that I, I, I don't know that any, you, you can say that about any other player in the league, maybe outside of Von Miller. Um, but even with Jalen Ramsey, like there's still so many other guys on this team that, that have made such an impact and Talbot Smith and Miles Jack and AJ Boye even had better numbers than Jalen last year. And, and, and this is, I got to go with the Jaguars. I mean, this is, I I know them the best. I I know that if it's just one game that this team won, this defense won a lot of games for this Jaguars team last year when the offense was still struggling that, you know, later on in the year, the offense started to come on a bit, but there were a number of games where the defensive scoring was the reason why we won that game. And so if I'm going to pick one defense, one game, I'm definitely going with the Jaguars. Yeah. I, I, I know that you're excited, but uh, you know, I, I'll see your Yannick and Gukwe <laughs> and, and Malik Jackson and Barry church and raise you. Everson and Linval and Harrison, no big deal. <laughs> what are what about some players on the on the uh, Vikings that Jaguar fans should know about? Uh, well, the the running back who really blew up in the first preseason game, um, uh, Rock Thomas. Like, yeah, he, he'll be a guy to watch. But other than that, like 
Brandon Zilstra will be running around doing things. He's uh, basically an Adam Thielen clone, which, just for ease of math, because they're both white wide receivers, uh, <laughs> undrafted guys from small Minnesota towns, small Minnesota schools, and shifty. Yeah, I like uh, uh, other than that, like defensively, besides Sheldon Richardson, they're they're basically intact uh, from last mm-hmm. year. So it's a lot of continuity, you know, a lot like the Jaguars, and uh, it's just gonna be. Uh, just some really good, tough practices. Um, I don't think the offenses are going to do much. Uh, we're used to seeing the Vikings offense not do much uh, against a great Vikings defense in practice anyways. But, I what mean, about Dalvin Cook? Yeah, Dalvin to be there. Um, he, it's nice that he's running without the brace, uh, is, isn't limited at all, and he's just going to go boom. I, I don't know. Like may, Maybe some full scrimmage stuff they'll, they'll keep him out of, but yeah, he, he's ready to go. I'm pretty excited about that. What about the perception of Bortles? How do you guys, how do, I'm always curious about what other fans <laughs> feel about. <laughs> There's a long cost there. Yeah. Well, I, I love Blake Bortles simply for the, for the laughs where, you know, if you're going to create a quarterback, like on Madden, like you, you would pick a lot of Blake's attributes. You pick, mm-hmm. you know, the, the size you would pick the, I don't know. That's about it. But it, <laughs> he doesn't get hurt. Knock on wood. Yeah, like he's he, he's funny in that he he wins despite himself at, at times. And I, I think the Jaguars are sort of in the the Andy Dalton situation where you know what you have and you're afraid to move on because what might be next might be worse. Mm-hmm. I disagree, but. I only just recently changed my mind on Blake. This is also a big, it's a huge year for him. He really, like, I was calling, not really calling for his head last year, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not think that the, he would still be on the squad at this point in the season. Or at this point uh, last year, I did not think he would be on the Jaguars team. Um, so he made a lot of believers uh, out of a lot of doubters last year. And specifically winning games, you know, going toe-to-toe with Ben Roethlisberger, matching him touchdown for touchdown, uh, winning the game, winning the, the, the playoff game against the Bills with his legs when, when the passing game just wasn't there. Uh, and, and the Seattle game, I really think the, the, the Jaguars versus Seattle was a huge turning point in his career because Russell Wilson started making a little bit of a comeback and then Blake Bortles hits Keelan Cole for a 75-yard touchdown and I legit like wanted to jump out of the stadium because it was that just exhilarating. Yeah, but Bortles won that game against the Bills by running because the passing game wasn't working because he's the he, he threw the ball. Well, no, also <laughs> receivers are taught to caught the, catch the ball too, so yeah. that was an issue. And, and the defense for the Bills actually played very well that game, and and it was a it, honestly it was a bad game overall. But Blake did win that game with his legs, and that's all you can ask from a quarterback. It, it can you win the games? It, I don't care if it's pretty, but if you get the win, that's what matters the most to me. I, I will say though, yeah, don't wish injury upon anyone. But say Blake gets abducted, which you know a lot of people go missing in Florida all the time. Uh, <laughs> trading for Trevor Simeon, j- j- just make us an offer. Let's do this. Or, or trade for <laughs> no, Teddy. I mean, it, 
Well, we, we traded for Cody Kessler, and he's actually been very, very good this offseason. And, and it's, it's sort of eased my mind a little bit because when we had Chad Henney last year, that Chad Henney and Blake Bortles just have two different, totally different playing styles. Mm-hmm. And so if Blake does go down, then it does hinder the team because then you have to change your whole offensive scheme. But this, but with this year coming into this season, Cody Kessler has been playing pretty well I don't think he had any interceptions the other night which is huge for a Jaguars fan it's like wow we got away from a game and we didn't get any interceptions which is great uh or we didn't have any interceptions um but Cody Kessler has been pleasantly surprising so if he if something does happen to Blake and he does go down I I I think we have a very good situation with uh Cody Kessler backing him up uh last question how much of that of those pools at Everbank Stadium are, are pissed um, you know, I've heard that they put a lot of chlorine in them and they change them out after every game. So I'm assuming not that much, but if somebody does, then there's a lot of chlorine in there or there's so much chlorine in there that it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. It's, it's weird seeing all those jabroni Jacksonville fans in there just having like a dozen mojitos and no one gets out ever. It's like, Oh, what is happening? Well, they don't allow uh, you to have an actual drink in the pool. And you can't have it, like, on the side either, which kind of sucks. They do have cabanas that are sort of yeah. lined up in the back. So you can go over there and you can have a drink. But you can't be in the pool with your drink or have it just, like, off to the side. Like, that's technically against the rules, I guess. It's frowned upon. But um, that, that, to me, is the biggest downfall of the pools. And plus, they're really, really hot. Like, it feels like a jacuzzi. So you have this sort of, like... You're envisioning in your mind that you're going to watch a game from like a refreshing pool in in August and September and even October and November. But when you get in the pools there, it's like a jacuzzi. Uh, Vlad, what's coming up from you? Uh, What should people be looking for this week? Well, we're going to be doing, we have Helmets and Heels every Tuesday night. We're actually being moved up. We usually are, well, we have been on the past four football seasons. We've been on from seven to nine, but we've been bumped up. We've been a little uh, promoted. So now we're on from six to eight every Tuesday. And so for the football season, you can expect more live streams on YouTube. You can follow my channel at Guys Girl Media. Um, I live stream all of our radio shows, which is sort of a, a little bit of a unique look into what goes into a radio show. And so you see everything that happens what we're actually talking about on air and then you see our you know our discussions and what we talk about during the breaks and then um also loading it up to, to podcasts so if you guys are podcast fans too uh, be sure to check out the guys girl podcast you can find it on itunes stitcher um all those different platforms and uh with football season gearing up it's it's a lot of good content coming your way god you were you were so good at selling that i should hire you as my hype man <laughs> Yeah, I only charge just, just a slight amount. That's all. all right. Blythe, you're the best. Always thanks for coming on and uh, touching base. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the newer format for my show. It, it, it's preseason for me, too. So, so as a broadcaster, I'm learning to spread my wings a little bit, experiment a little bit to see what works well in the best interest of you, the listener. So I hope this new format was enjoyable to you. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast format of choice. And follow me on all the social media platforms. I have a handle of at Blythe Brum, B-L-Y-T-H-E-B-R-U-M. And you can find it on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, on uh, damn near every social media network that's out there. I have some sort of a presence on there. But if you want to find me on where I do my m- most, most best, I don't know if that's even the right phrase to say, but whatever. If you want to find me where I'm most active, 
active. It's definitely Instagram and Twitter and then YouTube. So Blythe Brum on Instagram and Twitter and then on YouTube, just search for Guys Girl Media and you'll be able to find all of my stuff. Hopefully you really enjoyed this show. If you hate it, send me a tweet anyway and I want to try to find out ways to make this continuously make this show better. But until then, next week, go Jags.